Hey everyone, this is Allison Lee, your host here from the CraftCast studio. And on today's show, I'll be talking with Joe Packham, one of the most established and notable figures in the how-to publishing industry, as well as I have lots of things to share, so let's get started. Show number 158. Starting the day again, oh yeah, letting the sun shine in, uh oh, I'm gonna dig within myself. Uh oh. Life may be never what you think, but I think I'll just go with it and create something new. Just get yourself right into your chair. Come on, listen. Hey everyone, it's Allison Lee here from the CraftCast studio, excited to be back in front of the mic sharing with you all kinds of crafty, fun, artistic things that have been going on. Uh, I do have a great interview I'm going to be sharing with you shortly with Ms. Joe Packham and some other things, uh, but I'm going to tell you a bit first about my vacation week last week. I went off to Vermont and I went there to study uh metal clay work with um, Ms. Celie Fago. And, you know, I went up there, you know how it's exciting when you, you know, you're going away, you put everything in the car. It's great to travel with the car. You can bring everything with you. And of course, I brought lots of equipment for fear I might have to record something, photograph something, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and when I got there to my lovely inn, uh, the fan house, uh, I met my um, lovely host, Myths Sarah Wideness, I believe her last name is, but she was running out to dinner. And so I went up to my room and I quickly unpacked and there I was all of a sudden uh, at six o'clock in the evening. And I realized that there was no Wi-Fi, there was no um, G3, there was no telephone and there was no TV. And that hit me sort of hard, (laughs) made me laugh sort of just like that. And I went back into the closet where I had unpacked my clothes and I had noticed on the bottom of the floor there, something I thought was really for recycling, which was a stack of Architectural Digest magazines, which quickly became my new best friends. Oh, yes. So there I was looking through the magazine, sort of laughing to myself. And uh, I actually did, I confess took out my phone in hopes of finding a weak signal, which I would could, and that it would disappear as soon as a cloud went by, I guess, or something, and found myself laughing, saying, okay, you're just going to have to either leave now or deal with um, the world without electronics. And I chose to try the world without electronics, um, thankfully. Uh, but it was really wonderful because it has a happy ending to the story. Uh, in about an hour of detoxing, uh, and finding myself looking through these magazines, I then pulled out my Kindle, uh, actually no, my iPad, uh, and started a book I had wanted to read and got into it. And I, I'm going to confess right here, I hadn't been able to read in years for fun, for fun reading. So there I was not only reading a book, I went to bed at 930 because I was tired. Whoa, what a concept usually a late night bird. So 
I'm just telling the story because any of you out there who might be hooked like myself on their work, wow, is it nice to totally unplug, so to speak. So there you go. Uh, and it began a wonderful uh, a week in Vermont studying with Seely. And uh, you'll, you can check out pictures of that on uh, on www.craftcast.com. So there you go. Uh, other things going on here in the studio. I'm hard at work now, getting ready for a lineup of classes in the fall. We just put together the first one, very exciting, with Ms. Cynthia Tinapple. Oh, yes, a new polymer clay uh, bead type thing. Very exciting. Uh, as well as um, something new I'm launching in the fall. More about that as well to come. Also very exciting. So I'm going to have a busy next two months. Uh, and I do have a book I want to talk about today that I love, uh, brand new, uh, just out. It's called Hot Connections Jewelry by Jennifer Chin, and lots of great fun jewelry projects in there. Uh, I was making a pair of the earrings, as a matter of fact, great design. So if you want some, you know, some inspiration, some great new ideas, fun, fun, fun book, check that out. Hot Connections Jewelry by Jennifer Chin. I know it's a good one when I tend to um, keep it out for the entire week, looking through it, looking through it, and now even making something from it. So there you go. All right, today's guest, I talked to today's guest, Joe Packham, uh, just a few weeks ago and saved it for today. And I've been wanting to talk to her. I know so many of you, like myself, love the magazine um, Where Women Create, uh, is it Where Women Create, Where Women Cook, all those great magazines where you get to see where people actually work, among many other things that she's done in the past. So you're going to love uh, what Joe has to say. We had a great chat there and a great conference coming up you don't want to miss. And I'll give you the dates and information all of that at the end. And before uh, you hear my talk with Joe, I have a song, some music today uh, that I love and I hope you enjoy. It's by Laura Hughes and it's called What Does It Mean? <laughs> so enjoy that and come on back and I'll be talking to Ms. Joe Packham. i 
I'm home, not much to do. I paint my nails and watch the tube and curl up on the couch. Pretty good day all in all. I'm tired, but I feel fine. Nothing on my mind. So I'll call you up. I know when I'm already laughing when I start interviewing a guest, it's going to be lots of fun. So I am so excited to have today's guest, Joe Packham, who is, uh, I'm going to read something on her blog that's uh, great. She's a successful co-publisher, editor-in-chief, business owner, designer, photo stylist, which I love, with 28 years of business experience, creative expertise, and a personal sense of style into everything she does. Joe, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Oh, my gosh, it is my honor. Thank you for asking. My pleasure. Now, I always like to know how people started because I know everyone has something they were doing when they're like eight years old. They were already doing it, and I'm going to bet you have one of those as well. Actually, I started in publishing um, 35 years ago, and I owned a retail store in art supplies. I majored in art in college, and we had art supplies and sold them to the university, and cross-stitch became very popular and I said to my partner, we need to publish cross-stitch books, and we just started. Totally unknown, didn't know anything, no history, never thought of publishing, but I saw a need and decided that there was more money in wholesaling than retailing. So that's where we started. So it was both things. So you said, there's a need, I can make some money, and then you loved the cross-stitching, and that got you started? Exactly. I love that. Now, were, was was selling supplies something that was, I mean, I love supplies too. Sometimes it's nice just to be around the supplies. Were you making things as well, or were you just interested in what was out there to make things with? We sold the supplies to the art students at the university, and then we taught quite a few classes that weren't as much art classes as they were handmade kind of craft classes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm a real collector of supplies. Even though I majored in art, um, I like the process more than the mm-hmm. finished product. So I like to buy all the supplies and I like to learn how to do it and then I'm done. So, and I don't um, think there's anything wrong with that. I'm a big fan of that myself, you know? Yeah. Now, and what is it about the... Because I, I totally understand what you're saying there about enjoying the process even more than the um, finished. What is that about it? Like what gets to you there? I think it's because I've never really considered myself an artist, which is why I surround myself with so many artists because I love the entire um, category of art and the community and everything that goes with it. And so I'm never, ever satisfied with my finished pieces because I believe that Mm. somebody else could have done them better. Mm. But I like to know how. Right. And and I like to buy all the supplies because I love the yarns and the beads and the fabrics. And so 
I it took me about 20 years to come to terms with the fact that it's okay right. if I just get the joy out of learning how to do it and having everything surround me, and then I move on to the next thing. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I, I 100% I agree with you. It's exciting to learn new things. Now, what does your supply closet look like then? <laughs> <laughs> Which one would okay. that be that you're asking about? <laughs> Wait, are you the kind that if I said to you, let's go play with some translucent polymer clay and ephemera from the 60s, you'd go, okay, right over here? Yes, I actually <laughs> would say that. <laughs> so you know where everything is and you can get at it. I do. Well, what's interesting, too, because I've been in publishing for 35 years and I've published over a 1,000 titles under our imprint, every artist that we've featured over the years, I like to learn how to do what they do. Mm. So we've collected all the materials so we could proof the book, so right. we could make the projects. And then the, the companies send us things so that we'll work with their products so that we think they're the best. So during our classes, we'll support those companies. So we really do have rooms and rooms and rooms filled with anything your heart desires. Right. It's, that's, it's sort of overwhelming. Is there, if you had to sit down and do something, what would you pick? Was there some area you go to? I'm actually, I'm kind of fond of jewelry this, you know, the last couple of years. It's, um, I don't make too many things anymore that, that are for show or display because there simply isn't enough room. Yeah. And so jewelry you can give away and you can wear. So it's kind of got this double purpose. And it's immediate and it's small and it's, you know, it changes and no two are alike. So yeah. it's a good thing. I love, I love jewelry. Yes. I do. I do too. It's a very happy little thing. And, and what's wrong with that? I say it's sort of like candy and jelly beans. They make me smile. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's, I love my job because I just love to be happy and make cute little things. <laughs> there you go. And that's, that's what's on the top of that resume, I say. <laughs> but now, you're known for your how-to books. So now, what is the art of, because that's not easy to do, uh, what is the art behind doing a good how-to book? Writing the instructions, mostly. It, in the old days, anyway. Traditionally, the how-to books were all about um, the instructions and the step-by-step, and it's more difficult than people think to be thorough because most of the artists don't really think step-by-step of what they do, right? and they skip steps because it's so... Um, it's just automatic. They just do it without even thinking about it. Books have changed a little bit in the last couple of years because... There is so much information available on the Internet that now books have become kind of the eye candy. So if you want to do jewelry, for example, you buy a book that has 500 different jewelry ideas so that you can look at them and and adapt them and get inspired by them. But if you want to learn how to solder, you go online and print off somebody's instructions. Or you come over to CraftCast and take one of our classes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's changed a bit in publishing over the last five years or so. It has. And and how has, do you think, um, how has the Internet and everything impacted your business that way? Um, I think it's changed a little bit, but for those of us who have been willing to make the change, Mm -hmm. it has actually been a benefit to us because, trust me, no one wants to write instruction how-to books. They're Mm -hmm. horrible. Mm -hmm. All of us would rather take great photographs and do beautiful coffee table books and work from there. So um, if it's a beautiful book, if it's something that the people want to look at the photography and make the investment, then the copies, we're selling lots and lots of copies. It's just that if you're, if you're hardcore step-by-step, step, you're just not doing as well. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it is very hard to do that. I agree. Well, now let's talk a little bit about your styling background, because that's a, a total art as well, just like making up how-to is. And where did you get that experience or your passion for that? Well, in the early days... Um, I love that, we, the early days. Early days <laughs> like 35 years ago, I did it because I was a one-man team. Right. So you just did everything. But then as we started publishing for the major publishers, um, I must have had some kind of a sense for it because uh, we published books for Better Homes and Gardens and Oxmoor House and Time Warner, and I had the opportunity to go to all of their studios and learn from the top stylists in the country. Mm. So we learned how to do food photography and home deck photography and the styling for jewelry and clothing. And so I've ha- I have a really um, complete background, and even that has changed over the years used to be that every apple had to be polished and red and, mm-hmm. you know, everything mm-hmm. now is just kind of rustic and realistic and the way it is. So it's very different from there, too. But I think it's all about, like, if you love to decorate, if you love to dress in great clothes, you're a great stylist. You just need to learn the technical part. That's a good point. But also what you just said regarding how it's changed, there is a definite art to making things look casually messy perfect. Oh, my gosh. It's Especially the hardest. food. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it is so that it looks appealing but not messy. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of thing where when my son has his hair a certain way, it looks like he'd spent no time on it, but we know he was in the bathroom for three hours with every product. (laughs) Don't tell him I told you that. (laughs) I promise. Your secrets are safe with me. That's good. He won't listen. Uh, So now what do you think? Is there a direction then in craft books, like a style with the styling that you notice? What would you call, like, what's current and popular that way? I would actually just call it more realism. I mean, realism, people want to okay. see the real deal. You know, they're tired of the, of the sets and, the, and the, something that looks so styled. They, they really like to see what it looks like on you, you know, the detail of it, those kinds of things. In decorating, they want it to look livable. Mm-hmm. Not every pillow in place, not everything absolutely perfect done by a designer. Yeah. Um, and the same with food, because not everything is perfect. And um, I can remember in the days when you did baked beans and you had to use motor oil and you had to right. put them on with a tweezer and everything had to be perfect. It's not like that anymore. It's not. But aren't you amazed with the blogs and the level of styling on food photography, though, that's out there? It is phenomenal. It is, right? These women are unbelievable. Yeah. And what is most interesting about it is most of them are self-trained and most of them are doing it on a kitchen table with a light box. I know. I, I, listen, my background was as a photographer, so I know what's involved, but it still takes the eye, and that's the thing that I think is also, it's just amazing what's out there and available that people are doing uh, that way. It's stunning. Yeah. I mean, it's, and every one of them are getting a book deal. Yes, and it's because also, is it important that they have their following online for all of that? It has become almost essential. It has. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the entire publishing industry has changed because it used to be that you would send in a manuscript and they would have readers that would read it, and if the reader liked it, then they would send it to acquisitions and it would go up through the system. And that way, all those people are gone now, and what they do is hire people to blog surf. And so if they come along a, a fabulous blog with great photography and good writing, they know the book is going to be a bestseller. And the more... The more fans they have, the better the book is going to sell. So all their work is done for them. Isn't that wild? 
It is wild. And, and it's amazing what's happening to these bloggers because a lot of them don't know how to handle it. They're sitting home blogging, doing their thing, you know, quiet and content, and they ha- get a call from a major publisher who just swoops down on them. And the same with the TV shows. TV shows are doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, and some of them, some of them are excited, and some of them simply cannot handle it. Well, it's one thing to be doing that. It's a whole nother thing to be uh, uh, under a deadline, under certain pressure, in front of a camera. That's an art, as you know. It's a separate type of thing. Oh, huge! And books are big because on your blog, if you want to do one recipe and then you get tired of it and you want to flip to a new category or do something else, you can, and it's in real time. With books, you're committed to a year right. and to you know certain expectations of the publisher, and a lot of the authors get really tired. They just they don't want to focus that long on something that's going to take them a year and a half to have product on. You know what? That's a really good point because when you're in publishing, you're used to that um, that backup in time. I I still to this day when it's hot in June, think about shooting Christmas and everything. Always. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and if you're not used to that brain set, and someone says a year, and I do a blog and do everything a day, it's a very different mindset there. Very different, and the publishers are having a hard time with everything happening in real time on the blogs because they find somebody, and by the time they get to them, they've moved on to something else, (laughs) and it's just it's a it's a real learning curve for both sides. Yeah, that's interesting. What's your favorite part in all of this that you like to do? Your favorite creative part of it is it the beginning, the middle, the end, the thinking? It's actually the meeting of the women. Um, I've created an environment for myself where um, I, we have really small teams, but I go on every single photo shoot. I work with every single artist. It's getting to know them personally and representing them. We are not like a lot of publishers in that we do not ever tell an artist what our expectations are mm-hmm. or what to do or what to write, or how to photograph it, because we feel like we go to the very best people in the industry, they know what they can do, they know who their audience is, and there's no sense in us telling them to change it to be what we want them to be, mm-hmm. because then it's nobody. It's That's like it's not us, good point. and it's not them. That's right. And, and so then they don't have an audience, and nothing sells, and... So we just, I love working with these women. I would say in 35 years there's probably been five that I would not work with again, Mm -hmm. but those are pretty good odds. That's amazing odds. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've always felt that women who work with their hands and men who work with their hands really do have very good giving hearts because they certainly don't do it for the money. I know. It's true. (laughs) Well, it's that passion behind it. You have to remember that you have to get paid and all that type of thing. Oh, I know. And they always say, I love it when people say, oh, I spent four and a half hours looking for the perfect bead. Mm -hmm. And I think, yep, and there went all your profit, you know. But they don't count that. It's it's not about that. You know what? I think both sides of those things are true because if that's where you have the most fun, it's a a hard thing running a business and doing that, you know, being disciplined to say, no, I have to find the bead in 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm not going to use the bead at all. Exactly. That's when you know you're really in the business, when you're like, okay, that was a bad idea. We've moved on. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, what you know about anybody is that to have the perfect bead, they have to buy a hundred. Of course. When they're sitting down there, and they never count their inventory they don't use. I, I know. Yeah. 
it's pretty wild. It is. It's hard to make money. It is. Yeah, you've got to really, really, really be on top of that. I agree. It's a, it's a whole different thing. Well, now, do you, what do you do for your downtime? Do you get away from everything crafty and, and, uh, and take up something else? I wish I could say yes because I would feel more normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can lie. Maybe it's yeah. Yeah. skydiving or something, oh, right? I know. I know. I sound obsessive and compulsive, but... I love you already. <laughs> but, but we do this all the time. You're always shopping, looking for a new idea. Every time somebody says something, you have a thought. I mean, it is truly, and most of us do it for free. I mean, I think if we added up our hours, we're, none of us are up to minimum wage. But um, this is what I do. I play with my grandchildren, but even we do craft projects. Yes. So... No, it's, it's, it's all, I, I totally understand. Well, now let's, let's talk about, though, the creative connection. Oh, let's. Now, it looks fabulous. So why don't you tell everyone what it is and what they can expect? It is amazing this year. Last year was our first year, and the way it happened was Nancy Suriano and I. Nancy Suriano was the editor-in-chief of Country Living for 10 years and had put on um, Women Entrepreneurs and um, yes. Country Living market the antique show and so we decided that we would put on an event of of our own and we just started the two of us no backing nothing oh lordy b okay yeah (laughs) what just jumped off the cliff right Right. Mm -hmm. and it was amazing everybody came it was all about handmade you were supposed to take classes everybody came to see what nancy and i were doing because we'd both been in the industry for so long and so what happened was all of the publishers were there. All of the fabric people were there. All of the gift people were there. They met all of these designers, and they they sealed the deal right at the dinner table. So we have, like, 52 stories of women who went to the Creative Connection to take an art class and came home with a new line of fabric, a new gift line, a new book line, a new TV show, whatever it was. So this year we partnered with BlogHer, who is the largest women's organization of bloggers in the world, actually, and Vogue Knitting and Mary Jane's Farm. Mm. And we have 160 craft, cooking, and um, knitting classes. But we also have set up our pitch slams and our panels and the BlogHer panels so that people who want to take their crafting to the next level will have the opportunity to network with those in the field that are considered experts or decision makers to get a book or a TV show or a fabric line. And so we've really focused on that part, and the food classes and the craft classes are just for fun. And we have a handmade market with 150 vendors and a um, demo kitchen with very famous chefs who will be demonstrating for two Mm. days. We have um, our keynotes, and some of our teachers are flying in from Europe. You have lots of great people talking. You have um, last week's guest, Holly Becker, I know is going to be speaking. Yes. Love Holly and her new book. You have wonderful people there. We do have wonderful people, and all of them I've met through work. Holly is simply amazing, and um, uh, Christina Ferrara is great. and And Mary Jane Butters, I had her on a while ago. I love her. I think Mary Jane's probably my best friend in the industry. We have, do you know she's an Ogden girl, too? We grew up in the same high school and didn't know it. That's crazy. And you only realized it later on meeting each other? When I, The first issue of the magazine, she was my idol. I loved her book, and Aww. I called her out of the clear blue sky and asked her if she'd be part of it. And we found out that we were both from Ogden. I knew her brother really well. 
Don't you love that when that happens? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but it's just sort of not, I just got goosebumps hearing that. I love that when that happens. You can just it's, trust those kind of things. It's very small. It's a very small world. It is, which is a wonderful thing. Well, I, I see your date, September 15th and the 17th. That's this year, 2011. You're holding it in St. Paul, Minnesota. Love St. Paul. It's you, beautiful there. It is wonderful there, and especially in September because the snow hasn't added up yet, so you're in good shape right. with lots of things. So it's um, people sign up. You want to give them the name of that um, uh, website address? It's just www.thecreativeconnectionevent.com, and all the information's right there. might take you a couple of times to get through it because it's pretty deep, but um, there's lots to do and so many fascinating people to meet. And don't you think that people get such, uh, one of the things is, as an artist, we work a lot alone. Oh, absolutely. That's why the community is so important. Right? Right. I know every time I go to something, I feel like by the time I I leave, I need to lie down for a week because my (laughs) energy level has been. It is overload. It's It's overload. Yeah, sensory sensory overload. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's this, we work alone and we're insecure. Yeah. Um, just by nature of what we do. Because... Isn't that nice? We just should write that right across our chest. Don't you think that? <laughs> I work alone and I'm insecure. Please be kind. <laughs> I know. Don't criticize my work. It's like telling me my kids are ugly. Yes. You know? <laughs> so, oh. yeah, it's nice to know that there's lots of people out there. And for just three days, you can feel perfectly normal. They're your peeps, right? Exactly. I mean, they are. Yeah. It's a it's... really, really important thing. Well, now, are you a blogger? yourself? Um, I am not a blogger myself, no. Hmm. I'm trying. I've had one ready to go for about two years, but I just can't seem to quite get that taken care of. I understand. I understand. There's a lot of other things going on over there. Well, and it's such a commitment in front of the computer, and I'd rather be out you know, meeting people and on the photo shoots and Absolutely. doing the physical stuff. I do get yelled at on a daily basis because my blog's not up, but um, we have goals here <laughs> where women create, and my blog is one of them. <laughs> oh, I knew it was going to be a joy talking to you. Well, you know what? You have a lot of other things you're creating. You don't have to get you, – it's good. Just get yelled at every day, and you'll know that it's taken care of. You don't have to think about it. Well, Ms. Joe Packham, thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about that. looks like a great event. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, everyone can get the links to everything we talked about also on the craftcast.com uh, site. So thank you very much, and uh, I look forward to meeting you in person. Yes, me too. Okay. Thanks again. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that chat I had with Ms. Joe Packham. I know I did. And I'm going. I'll be at the Creative Connection September 15th through 17th uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota. So come join everyone there. Lots of fun. Uh, you can check that out for her URL. Just type in the Creative Connection uh, in Google, and that link will come up for you. Or you can come on over to craftcast.com and find all the links you need to get all the info. Okay, so what I wanted to share with you in the entertaining thoughts section, the ET section of the show today, I saw a quote that I loved. I'll read it to you guys. Uh, Future comes by itself. Progress does not. Mm-hmm. That's by Mr. Paul Henningsen, uh, designer. Uh, actually, I believe he made some amazing lamps and things. Anyway, I love that. Future comes by itself. Progress does not. So I was thinking about that. I was writing about it uh, uh, on the blog this week about how 
Um, I call it priming the progress pump. Sometimes it seems impossible to make some progress in the thing at hand, the thing you know you have to, and you see your schedule, et cetera, et cetera. I go through this. So I trick myself into priming the progress pump. And what I do is I go out and I do something that is pretty much um, real easy to do, don't have to think, run outside, uh, weed the garden, uh, run outside, do some menial task, something that has to be moved, complete it. Another good one for me is organize a, a drawer. Uh, organize something in my closet. And lo and behold, before I know it, I am making progress. I've gotten in that progress stride. uh, And I can sit down and get at the task at hand that maybe before was not happening. So I leave that with all of you. Uh, A way to get that progress moving, not just the future coming by itself. Priming the progress pump. All right, that's it this week here from the CraftCast studio. Hope you enjoyed all all that was going on here. And uh, you know you can always contact me and find out lots of other information by going to www.craftcast.com. You can send me an email, allison at craftcast.com. Or you can leave a voice message at 877-819-1859. Come on over, look around. There's lots of recordings for sale from last year's classes. Lots of fabulous things. Uh, as well as leave a comment, drop me an email. I love hearing from all of you. And until next time, you know what I have to say. Get your butt in the chair and keep crafting. <laughs>